Welcome to the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast, a verse-by-verse study through the scriptures with Rob Harston. Thank you for joining us today. Now here's Rob. Hello and good Sunday to everybody wherever you are listening to this podcast. Just again, want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're going to jump back into our uh, series in the book of Galatians. So hopefully you guys are excited about that. And if you want to get your Bibles out, uh, we'll be in chapter two. But before that, just want to, uh, again, like I always do, just do some things up front here. And uh, one thing I'd like to do uh, is before we even start going, I'd like to pray and um, if you guys can, again, uh, like we did with our friend Gretchen, if you guys could write this family down, uh, these names, and pray for them. Uh, it is uh, Nick, Jordan, and Waylon. Uh, the Lord knows the details, um, but let's just pray. And if you guys could pray for them during your week, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. And Lord, we thank you for the time that we get to spend in your word. Lord, I pray that you would bless it. Lord, that uh, people have ears to hear. They'd be excited, Lord, to hear about what you are about to tell us. And Lord, we thank you for guys like Paul uh, that we can learn from and glean from, Father, as uh, you used him in a mighty way. And Father, I do want to lift up Nick and Jordan and baby Waylon uh, right now, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would give them peace. Father, that you would um, just minister to them. You would love them, Father, and just take them in your arms, God, and just uh, just do what you do best, and that is loving your children. So again, I would pray that you would just give them peace and just love on them, Father. And we just thank you for them, and we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you guys could uh, just remember that family in your prayers, I would appreciate it. Uh, so, all right, so we're going to jump back into our Freedom in Christ series. Uh, we'll be in uh, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and the title of my message today is is the fight for freedom. It's the fight for freedom. And and we've read our history books when we were in high school or maybe even junior high or I don't know, maybe you guys read history books now. I love history. And and this, uh, as, as we read, we see these uh, these wars that raged. And a lot of it was fighting for freedom. Um, if you look at a lot of these people, a lot of these countries, they're, they're not free. They're, they're in communist uh, countries. There's countries that are just ruled by uh, a dictator, whatever it is. But uh, this can be said about America. We have fought for our freedom. We have fought for our freedom for many years. My my grandfather fought in World War II and, and uh, maybe many of your grandfathers or, you know, whoever's listening, your dads, I don't know. I, I don't know the, the age group that listens, but maybe you guys have had people that have fought uh, in the wars as well. And it's to keep our freedom. And, and, and it's because there's countries that don't have freedom and, and they're a threat to us because we do have freedom. And, and uh, we, we will continue to fight, I pray, I pray we continue to fight for our freedom. <laughs> but in today, in our time today, we will see that Paul is is not done fighting for the true gospel, which brings freedom through Jesus Christ. We're gonna we're gonna see him really get into it today. You know, last time uh, in in chapter one, we see that Paul was was uh, trying to prove his apostleship. He was trying to let these uh, Galatians know that his uh, <coughs> excuse me that his that his gospel was from Christ and not from men. And today we'll see that he is still defending the gospel, but not the gospel itself. Today, he's, fen- he's defending the, the contents that are within the gospel when we, when we see this today. And, and, and again, the first chapter, he was, he was destroying the fact and allegations of the Judaizers that his gospel is, is not the original gospel, but that of the other apostles sent by the Lord, like, like the 12 that we read about. 
but has he has it, it, it has come through men. It, it, theirs came through men. His came through revelation of Jesus Christ. And Paul continues to let the facts speak for themselves. And those facts reveal that that Paul had his gospel by revelation. And during a, a long period of time, Paul had only, I don't know, maybe 15 days or whatever that, you know, and then in his contact with Peter and, you know, it was, it was, again, the, the, the math just didn't add up, you know, with all these, with, with what the Judaizers were saying. And, you know, he had contact with James, but in, in Jerusalem and the, in the Judean churches that, you know, they were glorifying God because he preached the very faith that he had once persecuted. So these people were the people that knew Paul and what he was about that, you know, they, they should know that he was, he was preaching a faith that he tried to destroy. And, uh, and we'll see that that kind of, that kind of scared some people. Uh, and we, we know that by reading the Bible. Now, now Paul uh, has moved on to the, the con, like I said, the contents of the gospel in regards to what these Judaizers were saying about it. You see Christian liberty and circumcision, it was the Christian liberty and the circumcision uh, that, that Paul was really getting into in this chapter this is what he was discussing and his fight for the his fight for that christian liberty uh we you know, we read many places where he had, he had fought for it and he had argued about it and one of the places was the the jerusalem council that we fa- find in acts 15 and if it and if you look at it this way if you really look at it this way this is why i love paul he's bold he doesn't care he's not there to make friends like we've talked about he's not trying to get brownie points from anybody he is just there to preach the gospel and the truth of that gospel and he can and paul's bold and he is very bold and just look at it this way if it if it wasn't for paul if it wasn't for if it wasn't for him and his willingness to stand up and fight well then the early church might have been some Jewish sect, you know what I mean? Teaching a, a little bit of law and a little bit of uh, uh, grace. And, you know, those two just wouldn't mix. And Peter would probably be a, a pope and the and the Gentile Christians would be the, the of the lesser, you know, more like um, secondhand citizens uh, if, if this Judaizers were kind of getting their way. And since Paul was passionate about the gospel and stood his ground and prepared to fight for the gospel, it was to keep it from legalism. He was trying to keep it from legalism and it would, and it would be taken to the Gentiles. This was, this again, we'll find out this is, this is what uh, Paul's marching orders from God uh, was. So if you have your Bibles, again, we'll be in chapter two, verses one through 10, and I'll go ahead and read those real quick. Here we go. Then after uh, 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. It was because of the revelation that I went up and I submitted to them uh, the gospel, which I preached, uh, which I preach among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of reputation for fear that I might be running or had run in vain. Verse three says, but, but not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But it was because of the false brethren secretly brought in who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would remain within you. But from, these, from those who were of high reputation, what they were makes no difference to me. 
God shows no partiality. Well, those who were of reputation contributed nothing to me. Verse seven says, but on the contrary, seeing that I uh, had been uh, entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For he who effectually worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectively worked for me also to the Gentiles. And recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas, which that was Peter and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship so that we might go to the Gentiles and they too, they to the circumcised. They also, they only asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I also was eager to do. So we see uh, Paul and, and Barnabas have, have gone and they've, they've wanted to, they want to, uh, they want to meet with the, the, the apostles uh, privately. Uh, they want to meet with them privately. So this is, this is what we're going to cover in verses one through two today. And uh, it's the, uh, this is the reception uh, in which Paul, <clears throat> when he goes to, to meet with them, this is the reception he's going to get. But the first thing we're going to look at in verses one and two is the reason for the visit, the reason for the visit. And it was to confer with the Christian leaders concerning Paul's ministry to the Gentiles. If you look at uh, verse one, it says, then after 14 years, I went up to again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And verse two says, I went up by revelation and communicated to them which the the gospel which I preach among Gentiles, the privately to those who are of reputation, lest any means I might run uh, in vain or had run in vain. Now, Paul starts out this section of the letter with, then after 14 years, I went to Jerusalem. Now, Paul is giving reassurance to the Galatians that he is, he is not hiding any of the visits to Jerusalem uh, as he shows his activities. I believe it was about five times that Paul had visited Jerusalem, so he wasn't hiding anything, and he's, he's given the reassurance to the Galatians. In the book of Acts, there are two records of visits by Paul to Jerusalem with his friend Barnabas. The first can be found in Acts chapter 11, verses 27 and 30, uh, 230, and then also we find it in uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 25, and this is in connection with a famine that was going on and the Lord gave a revelation to, to Paul to go there. And this is, that's the, the, one of the visits that was probably the, I'm not sure, I guess I should have looked at that before I, I, I came on. I think it was either the first or the second visit, but uh, actually, you know, it was the first visit. Um, it was the first visit as I remember. Um, Cause the second visit they had visited Jerusalem was the Jerusalem council that we talked about in uh, Acts 15. So this, 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 that was the, the first uh, visit was in Acts 11. The second visit was the, the Jerusalem council in which both men, Barnabas and Paul, they, they had attended and they went, they went to talk about the whole question of the Judaizers imposing on the Gentile believers. They were hammering these people. They're saying there's no way, there's no way, there is no way that they can be saved unless they are circumcised and keep Moses's law. Well, listen, Paul and Barnabas uh, knew that, that that wasn't true. They, they knew that that wasn't true. In this section of this letter to the Galatians, it looks like it would be uh, in alignment with the first of these visits. Paul describes this event as being 14 years after. So not too sure if it was, uh, I don't know if it was 14 years after his conversion or 14 years after Paul's first visit that we sp- that he spoke about in chapter one, verses 18 to 20. Now, which this, this would have taken place three years after his conversion. So I don't know, I'm not a mathematician, but, uh, I'm just telling you what, uh, what 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 I was reading. So um, it was it was probably 14 years uh, after his uh, after his conversion. But Paul makes this visit with two people. Uh, 
These two people that he makes a visit with is Barnabas and Titus. So let's check out who these two are real quick before we go on, because they're going to be a, a a big part of this uh, story. And, and Barnabas was, um, he was one of Paul's closest friends. He was a Levite and he was probably I don't know, more like a brother. You know, you have those friends that are, uh, well, guys, you know, girls will call them sisters, but guys, you know, will say, hey, that's my brother. You know, we're, we've been friends since we were little kids or we've been friends for all these years. And so you, it's almost like a brother. I think that's what Barnabas was uh, to, to Paul. And um, Paul was, was, he was, Paul was trying to get into the Jerusalem church, but people feared him because they didn't think his conversion was real. You know, we know that Paul, uh, you know, we know that he, he, he killed, he was killing Christians and he was helping killing Christians. And so all of a sudden he's, he's converted and he's a, he's a believer now and he's been saved by Jesus. And, but these people weren't too sure about it. And so Paul would try to get into these things and people would say, nope, nope, not that guy, because uh, we know what he used to do. Uh, and, and they just didn't think his conversion was real. And it was Barnabas who helped Paul get in. You see, Barnabas was an encouragement to Paul. And, and in fact, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement, son of encouragement. When the gospel had come to the Gentiles in Antioch, they needed someone to encourage them. And it was Barnabas who did this. It's just like today when we when we have uh, you know when we have believers, uh, the people that don't know the Lord, and they come to the Lord. It's our job to to encourage them in their walk because we know when we became believers how hard it was to uh, to, to 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 be a Christian. I, like I said, I think I told you guys before when I became a Christian, it was okay. I'm saved. Now what? There was nothing. There was nobody to come alongside me and tell me what I should be doing. I didn't know what prayer was. I were you supposed to pray like once a day? Do we pray pray once a week, once a month? Um, reading my Bible, where do I start? Um, I went out and bought a King James Version Bible, and again, that made me even more lost. So I didn't know what to do. But now, as as a believer, and you know, I'll see people that you know that that uh, you know again. Uh, you, I've led to the Lord and you encourage them in their walk. You tell them this is, this is, you know, we should pray and, and this is, you know, we should pray all the time, pray without ceasing and, and read the, read the Bible every single day, get into the word every single day, be in church, uh, you know, every Sunday or every chance you can get, actually, if you, if you really look at it, um, you know, Wednesdays, Sundays, whatever, whatever it is. But anyways, it's encouraging people. Well, this is what Barnabas did. This is what Barnabas was to doing these, for these Gentiles in Antioch, because he was encouragement. He was an encouragement. And for some time, Barnabas had been associated with the Gentiles. And actually, it was Barnabas who had brought Paul uh, in to help minister at the church at Antioch. So, uh, you know, again, Barnabas saw the the giftings uh, in Paul, and he brought him in uh, to the church to help uh, in Antioch. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. Man, so happens when you talk a lot, I guess. But uh, so that's who Barnabas was. Barnabas was a a, a really good friend uh, of Paul's. And then we see Titus, and Titus was a a Gentile believer, and he was one of Paul's most faithful disciples in his ministry. You see, when Paul had penned this letter, Titus had been living in Antioch and later would represent Paul to the Corinthian church. And that'll be found in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, and also uh, in uh, chapter 7, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, chapter 7, verse 5 through 16. And this was, uh, he was, he was a help to him uh, in the church in Jerusalem also. 
and 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 he was also a help in in the in the Cretan church that we find in the self-titled book Titus. So you can check that out uh, as well. And Titus was known for having really good people skills. And that's my kind of guy. I love people that have good people skills. Uh, I would hope and believe that that uh, I have good uh, uh, people skills. You know, and and he and he possessed that. He was a man uh, of unquestioned integrity, especially when it came down to financial resources. Now that's a, that's a pretty important thing. If you really stop and look at it, integrity is a very big thing. Uh, it's a very big thing within uh, just within life. But if you're a, if you're a leader in the church, if you're a pastor, you have to have integrity. If you there again, I've said this a million times to my friends. We will talk about integrity, and there's no and you know you have all these people that go to seminary, and that's great. Seminary people go to seminary, they learn. Hey, great. But I'll tell you what, there's not one seminary person that's gone to seminary there's not in in this entire in this entire world there's not a seminary in this entire world that can teach integrity integrity is just who you are so titus had that and especially if you're if you're if you're dealing with financial stuff you got to have integrity so uh so so those are uh, barnabas and titus that's who went with uh with paul in verse two paul is saying that it was a revelation from god to go you see paul was not called or summoned to jerusalem by any man or anybody or the apostles or nobody but it was a revelation it was divinely directed uh, he was divinely directed to take that that journey there. And Paul says, while I was there, I met privately with those who considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. And I want he and Paul is saying, I, I want to make sure that that we are in agreement for fear that my efforts had been wasted and I was running uh, this race for nothing, pretty much. Um, and and you know this is what Paul wanted to do. And his first line of business uh, when he arrived in Jerusalem was to secure a private meeting, a private meeting uh, with the acknowledged leaders. And these are the these are the big guys. These are you know this is uh, we we see it's James, it's Peter, uh, you know it's John, it's these leaders of the church that he wanted to meet with in Jerusalem. And Paul thought it would be better to meet in private with a few you know smart and and reasonable people, uh, and you know so they can sit down and 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 discuss these matters and not do it in a crowd, but just do it. Uh, with them. You see, Paul and, and Barnabas and Peter and John and James, the brother of Jesus, would sit down and they would they would pray. Uh, I'm sure they meditated, uh, they reasoned together, and they discussed uh, to find common ground without fighting and arguing. Now, if you're meeting private with privately with these people, and they're smart guys. I mean, we read about John and, and Peter and James, the brother of Jesus. They all had... Uh, they all wrote uh, epistles in the New Testament, so they're pretty smart guys, and the, the Lord used them. And, and so it's a lot different if you're sitting down with them and you're reasoning with them if it was if it was a crowd. Uh, you know, if there's a crowd, there would have been a lot of shouting and a, and a lot of chaos and, and all this stuff. So Paul was pretty smart to call a meeting privately with them so they can discuss uh, the, the, the gospel that Paul was preaching. And the reason for this meeting was to to make sure that that uh, that they were all on the, the same page, if you will, as far as what Paul was preaching. Remember, Jesus had revealed the gospel to Paul, so he wasn't coming to this meeting to to learn anything from these guys. If you really want to to get technical, Paul had the gospel firsthand, and it was it was almost like a much higher authority uh, than the apostles. You know, I mean, that he directly gave this gospel to Paul on the road to Damascus. But since there were issues in the 
the Jerusalem church, it was it was probably a good idea that he did meet with the brethren and and they could they could hear it firsthand. This is this is he's probably told them this is what uh you know we've been preaching to the to the to the Gentiles and kind of again just to get that agreement in there with the other apostles. Now something to note here. Paul is not looking for for their endorsement or, uh, you know, he wasn't looking for their endorsement uh, to to preach the word uh, or preach the gospel. Knowing Paul and his passion for the gospel, even if they would have disagreed with him, Paul would have not stopped preaching the gospel. This was Paul's mission. I'm telling you what, once that Damascus meeting with Jesus took place, that was it. Paul was sold. This was this. He knew that this is what he was going to do for the rest of his life and the rest of the time breathing. It was to live for Jesus. Jesus Christ, and it was to get the gospel out. So they could have told him, listen, Paul, you're wrong. Uh, maybe it's this. And Paul's like, nope, I know I got this from Jesus, so I'm going to continue. Sorry, guys, but I, I know that wasn't Paul's heart, but that's what he would have done. He would have just he would have just kept preaching it. And there were a lot of false teachers out there. We read in all the, the epistles that, 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 that Paul writes is there's a lot of the Judaizers were just not going away. They were going to try to make it really hard for Paul and believers. So there's a lot of false teachers that, that are out there and, and teaching another gospel. But Paul was true. Paul's was true because it was a direct revelation from God. Now, today we have pastors out there. We have pastors teaching a, a, a health and wealth gospel or, or a motivational speech about how you can do this and you can be this. We need solid teaching about the gospel and our revelation about it is in God's word. So we can go to the, we can go to the word of God and we can see the gospel. And remember, it, it, it's the great, it's the, 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 the great commission. I've talked about it a lot in this, this, this year. I think since January, uh, I've, I've mentioned it a lot about us going and teaching, uh, you know, go, us going and preaching the gospel to people because it needs to be heard. People need to hear uh, the gospel and we can, we can read God's word and be uh, secure in that enough to where we can say, hey, listen, this is what this is what we need to do. This is this is the thing we need to do. We need to go tell our neighbors about Jesus Christ. So Paul coming to this meeting, this is what he was doing. He's conferring uh, with everybody. And this was the reason for his visit. So he can make sure that everybody's on the same page and, you know, all, so on and so forth. And secondly, we see the result of this visit. It's the result of this visit. And it was because the and the leaders agreed with Paul that Titus should not be circumcised. They agreed with Paul and they said, yes, your gospel is the same gospel we're preaching. And, and, and the result of this meeting is found here in verse three. Paul had brought Titus along as proof. I think, I think Titus was like the test. I don't want to say dummy. I don't want to say lab rat, but he was the guy that Paul brought as proof. You see, the gospel that Paul preached was true, and we are all saved only by grace through faith in Jesus, not by works. And Titus was an example of God's grace. If there would, if there would have been a, a disagreement with Paul, then the calls for Titus to be circumcised would have come. And that would mean that, would mean that every Gentile who had been saved would have to be circumcised. That means they'd have to go and circumcise all the other Gentiles. But that wasn't the case because they 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 agreed with Paul uh, that his gospel is true and that, that Titus did not need to be circumcised because he was saved. And the leaders also accepted Paul as a co-worker. We find this in, in verses uh, 6 through 10. And I'll just read those real quick. It says, But... But from those who were of high reputation, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows partiality. Well, those who were of reputation 
contributed nothing to me. Verse 7, but on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised. For he who effectively, effectively worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectively worked for me also to the Gentiles. And recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and, and Peter and John, who were uh, reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. Now, and, they, and then it says, they only asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I also was eager to do. Now, this could be, this could be called Paul's crowning triumph moment. I mean, the time where he just feels like everything is right in the world. Boom, it was great. And he, he found this crowning triumph moment because he sought out the apostles and met with them privately. And they agreed with him. This was the thing that Paul was looking for. They agreed with him. In verse six, Paul really, he summarizes his point. In verse six, he summarizes his point uh, because his gospel or his apostle, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Uh, his his gospel and his credentials about being apostle, they they it didn't really rely on approval or any influence from any man. We know that even ones from high influence, though, even basically from from these apostles. Verse six pretty much says that this verse and this verse may help us understand some things. These Judaizers were coming into all of, of the Paul, of the churches Paul had founded in Galatia, and they were pumping up the Jerusalem church. And it was all about the church, and it was all about these rules. And 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 this is what they were they were telling these uh, Galatian uh, believers, and. And, and they were saying how great the original apostles were and their and their statue in the church was great. And, and you know, it would have been better to, it would have been, you know, they had spent a better part of three and a half years with Jesus. In other words, they were saying, this is what they're saying, basically. Why are you making such a big deal out of such an insignificant person as Paul? The, the original apostles, now the original apostles, now they have things to say that you should want to hear. Basically, they witnessed the death and resurrection of Jesus. Maybe you should hear Peter preach. Uh, uh, you should hear Peter preach, or maybe you should hear John tell uh, about the experiences they experienced in the upper room the night before Jesus was to put be put to death. The way they described the miracles of Jesus is is something worth listening to. So they were they were really discrediting Paul and everything, and they were saying you should focus on these guys. These are the guys you should be listening to. This is, can almost be compared to a story that John Phillips did in his commentary on Galatians. And uh, he says this, and I quote, When Napoleon was told that Wellington had been put in charge of the British army in Portugal, he simply sneered. He had heard of Wellington's success in India. He called him the Sepoy General. So he had won victories, big deal, over a handful of, of Sepoy barbarians. Well, just wait until he faced French troops led by the genius who had brought all of Europe to its knees. Wait until, wait until he came face to face with Napoleon. But when at last the two men uh, met on the battlefield, Wellington soon proved himself the master of Napoleon. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, these famous men that everyone was gushing over, uh, these apostles, um, Paul had come face to face with them, just like our story. You see, Wellington wasn't impressed by Napoleon. In fact, he it says that he proved himself the master of Napoleon. And just like Paul wasn't trying to prove him to be master over the the uh, the apostles, but what he was saying is 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 Paul wasn't disrespecting him or disregarding their credentials. 
he did respect them and he gave them their due, but he was not impressed. It wasn't like he was, this was something that was just, he had like this ah moment, you know, because again, <laughs> Jesus gave Paul the gospel. Now, these, these men did see the miracles of Jesus, and, and his death was their, in their heart for, safe, for safekeeping. They knew this, and the significance of it added nothing to Paul. It wasn't a big deal to Paul. Their position on the subject didn't bother him either. You see, God cares. God doesn't care, or, or nor is he impressed by any office man holds. I mean, if you really look at it, the only reason that person is there is because God put them there. And that's what people fail to realize today. We have leaders uh, in church. We have pastors in church. We have bosses at our, at our jobs and, and all these things. And man, they just think like they are it. Like, hey, I have arrived and you know, you better bow down to me and you better say all this and that and the other. Again, God doesn't care and he's not impressed. And just like he, God wouldn't be impressed uh, with any of the office that uh, any of the apostles held because he chose them. In other words, these men would not tell Paul anything he didn't already know. There was nothing that, they, that the men could add to what Paul already knew. Now, verses seven and eight say this, but on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. Verse eight says, for he who effectively worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectively, effectively worked for me also to the Gentiles. Again, the leaders recognized and, 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 they, and they know, these, the, the leaders of the church know that God gives different ministries to different people to lead. You see, Peter had taken the ministry to the Jews and Paul had taken his ministry to the Gentiles. This was the agreement the each, that each man would be the minister over assignments that God chose for them. God chose those assignments for them and they, they went and did them. These are not two. Now, when you talk about in verse seven, it says the gospel of circumcision and the gospel of uncircumcision. These aren't, these aren't two different gospels as we, as we know they are, there was only one gospel agreed upon and that was to be saved and, and, and to be saved uh, through grace alone through faith alone. Let me repeat that. There was two different gospel. There weren't two different gospels. There was one that was agreed upon and that was to be saved was to be saved by grace alone and through faith alone. And this is what Paul, this is the whole argument Paul had when he was at the, the Jerusalem council. This is the whole uh, argument that he was telling the Galatians uh, believers uh, today in this letter. But, but the two different ministries were one to the Jews and the other to the Gentiles. Now, both Peter and Paul were, were preaching the same gospel, and we would see the Lord at work in both of these men and through these men. The Lord used Peter to, to preach to the Jews, and, and, and he worked in him and through him. And the same thing with Paul. He worked in and through Paul to the Gentiles. But we see God at work in both of them. Now, this doesn't mean that, that Paul didn't care about the Jews, and, it, and he, it's like he didn't want—he's like, oh, well— I'm, I'm preaching to the Jews and the Gentiles are on their own. Or I'm sorry, I'm preaching to the Gentiles and the Jews are on their own. No, that's not what Paul was saying. I mean, Paul, uh, Paul was a Jew. He was Jewish. And, and, and he would like anybody saved, just like we today would like to see any, any of our friends, any of our family members, we want them to experience what we have. Well, Paul uh, was the same way. He didn't, he, he didn't want to see them. Uh, he didn't want to see them perish. He wanted to see them saved. And this didn't mean Peter didn't want to see Gentiles saved. But again, God took both men and their own and gave them their own unique assignments. And they did this. They went and preached to the people that God told them to preach to. Now, 
uh, we, we see in verses four and five that, that Paul and the legalizers, they had these legalizers that were coming after Paul, they had made an unsuccessful attempt to push their legalism onto Paul. Look at verse four, it says, but it was because of the false brethren secretly brought in who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ in order to bring us into bondage. Verse five says, but we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel will remain in you. Like I stated earlier, Titus was the testing ground by Paul. He was a, a Gentile Christian who was not circumcised, but if, if, but if, if, it was evident that he was – all this evidence that he was saved. This is why Paul brought him. He was, it, was, it was to show them that his, he doesn't need to be circumcised because he is a believer. If what the Judaizers were saying was true and they were saying unless you are circumcised, you cannot be saved, then Titus wasn't saved. But he was because he gave them the evidence of that, and the Judaizers were wrong. You see, the question of circumcision may not have come up. It may not have been, it may not even have been a, a story. It may not have been anything uh, if it wasn't for the false brethren who snuck in to prove us wrong. Basically, that's what Paul's saying. There, there wouldn't have been a story. Nothing would have happened if these guys wouldn't have been doing this. And we, we can see a lot of this today. We see a lot of people that uh, can come uh, and say, well, you know, be in a church service or, you know, well, this is, this is the way I see it. This is the way I see it. And maybe it's not even from the Bible. Definitely not from the Bible. They're just saying what they think. That's why we need to study the Bible. So uh, the Judaizers were finally showing their true colors, and Paul called them out as not being genuine Christians. And we can see these types, again, of people in our own church today. We can see the ones that really aren't, they're not, uh, you know, they're not encouraging you in your walk, but they're sure telling you what you're doing wrong, or they're sure saying, well, this is wrong, and you said this wrong, and oh my gosh, you can see it run rampant in churches today, and we just we just cannot do that. I mean, if somebody is sinning, yeah, you let them know that they're sinning, but I mean, to keep telling someone that they're wrong, oh, that's not, well, we both read the same thing, and this is what you said, but I don't think that's right. I think it's this way. It's like, come on, just... Let's stop. Let's stop. But there are those ones that aren't genuine Christians today, and this is what Paul was calling out. They thought they could come in and, and try to intimidate Paul. Come on. Did you know this is Paul? This is Paul, man. You ain't going to intimidate this guy. But when God is, you know, and when God has given you an, an assignment and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, not much can intimidate you. And I'm talking about us today. I know Paul wasn't intimidated. I mean, Paul was as bold as a lion. So he was going to say what he was going to say. But this goes for us God, if we've been given an assignment by God, if we've been given someone to go talk to, minister to, then, and if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, nothing should intimidate us. We should have no fear. We should just be ready to go and do that. And it says, but we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel will remain in you. Paul is like, like submit? Like, you want me to submit? Yeah, right. That will never happen. Paul was well acquainted with the circumcision to the point of calling them Jewish bigots. He knew all about this. Paul had been down this path before. They could not tell him anything about the rules and regulations of what was actually going on uh, with the circumcision. Paul knew all about that stuff, and he knew that at this point now, he knew that that was wrong. And he, he even said it was wrong. This is why he's calling them out on it. Paul had a ready defense. Paul had a ready defense. So as we as we end this, as we end these these these, these verses, in the, in the conclusion, you got to think about this: 
Are you a bold person? Are you ready to stand up and fight for what you believe? The Bible tells us that we should be ready. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Again, if we're always gonna, if we're gonna be ready and we're gonna give a defense of what we believe and why we believe it. Remember, we need to be gentle. We need to be, uh, we need to be kind because these are the people that we wanna give them. We wanna give them what we have. We're trying to tell them about the hope that we have. And if we do with all frustration and anger and, and all this weird stuff, they're just gonna walk away. So again, when we do this, when we are asked to be ready, do it in gentleness and reverence. Now, let's be clear about something. Let's be clear about one thing. The gospel does not need a defense, but we do. And our defense is the gospel. You guys understand that? The gospel doesn't need us to defend it. It doesn't need any defense at all, but we need defense. We need a defense. And, and, and the gospel is our defense. In our world today, there is, there is no hope. People are doubters and they think of Jesus as some fairy tale. Man, if those people could only experience what we have as believers in Jesus Christ and what we've experienced, we were lost and now we're found. And ah, oh, man, if they could just experience what we have, they wouldn't say that anymore. And it was so sad that, that Paul had to convince the Galatians that his gospel was true. This would be the very gospel that set the Galatians free and the very gospel they were so quickly and ready to turn from just because Paul's credentials were being questioned. They were, they were ready to run the other way. They were ready to go back to where they came from. They were, they were in bondage and they were slaves to sin. And then Paul preached the gospel to them and they were relieved of that sin. They were relieved. Those chains were dropped. And yet they wanted to turn back to those chains because the Judaizers were saying things about Paul and they were starting to believe it. That's why Paul writes his letter in frustration because he knows the truth and they were ready to go back to where they were. See, the gospel uh, that Paul was preaching was the very gospel that freed him. And so it was worth fighting for. So today, this part of scripture that we just, that we just discussed, and I know it's long and there's a lot of, you know, fighting and, and we see Paul doing this with Barnabas and Titus. I see, I, I understand all that. But this part of scripture should be a fresh, new reminder of how Paul loved the gospel that saved him and the love he had for Jesus. And his, and his courageous stand was worth it. It was worth it. You see, Paul wasn't concerned. That, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul, his concern was the truth of the gospel, not the peace of the church. It was the, it was the gospel. It, as long as Paul was, it was being uh, taught truthfully, Paul didn't have a problem with it. But the minute it did, it didn't matter what was going on. He didn't care. That, 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 that gospel was going to be preached truthfully. There have, been, there have been many enemies of the gospel in Paul's day and in ours. And our main concern should be telling the people the true gospel, not some watered down, tailored to their life gospel, but the one that truly saves. And that is being saved by grace alone through faith alone. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for today. And God, we thank you for this part, part, portion of scripture. Lord, we, we pray that we can be as bold as, as as Paul, Lord, and we should have a ready defense when people ask us the hope, when people ask us why the gospel is true, Lord. I pray that we would be in your word every day learning, Lord, and have that 
ready when someone asks. Lord, I pray that you would give us all boldness. I pray you'd give us wisdom, Lord, to tell people about what Jesus did for us and that they can have that same, they can have that same uh, saving faith that we have because it is through grace, by your grace alone and through faith alone in your son. So we thank you, Father. We ask that you would uh, pray, Lord. I, I ask that you would bless everybody listening, Lord, wherever they're listening to, whatever country, whatever state, Lord, that you would bless them, you would keep them safe. And Lord, we just thank you that you love us. And we do pray, Lord, that you would return soon. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Lord willing, we will be back next week and we will be uh, continuing uh, in this second chapter. Welcome to the... Sorry, that's the wrong one. Here's the right one. <laughs> this has been the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast. For more information about the podcast, or if you'd like to leave a prayer request, visit us on our website at crosslightbiblestudy.com.